for the word this morning. Are you ready? Do you love the word of God? Awesome. We're going to continue our series on mind games. Mind games. Romans chapter 8, verse 5 through 6 says, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. This series is about the power of our minds. And we are learning to take control of our minds, set our minds on the things of God to produce life and peace. You know, the biggest scar that I have on my body is on my leg. It's on my shin. There's a big gash. Uh, my biggest scar is on my leg, and it happened from a golf cart accident. And we had a rule at the Phillips household that only the Phillips family could drive the golf cart. And I created this rule. Do you know why? I'm the reason for this rule. Because I let one of my friends drive the golf cart one day. And she's driving. I'm in the passenger seat. And we have a creek on our property. We're driving, having a great time. All of a sudden, she loses control of the steering wheel. Don't ask me how this happened. I still ask myself to this day. She loses control of the steering wheel, full steam ahead, sends us into the creek. She jumps out of the golf cart. Myself and the golf cart proceed to go full steam ahead into the creek. Luckily, there is no water in the creek, but it is a seven-foot drop. So we go, I go into the, into the creek. I black out. Next thing I know, I'm getting pulled out of the creek. I have this massive gash in my leg, and the golf cart is destroyed. Hence the reason no one else is allowed to drive the golf cart. <laughs> all that damage, all that pain, because she lost control. Our minds are the steering wheel to our life. And the second that we take our hands off and we lose control, we go into neutral and we set our minds on what the flesh desires, as Romans says, it, was, it will always result in death and destruction. It will result in pain. It will result in confusion. That's why we're doing this series, that we would learn to take control of our minds, take control of our thoughts, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Set our minds on the things of God, the spirit of God, and the word of God so that we can have life and peace. It's time that we take control of our minds. And today I want to look at a passage about a man who lost control of his mind. We're going to be in Mark chapter 5, starting in verse 1. It says, they, being Jesus and his disciples, went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons off his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. 
He shouted at the top of his voice, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion. He replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep of the bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, verse 15, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind. Everyone say his right mind. Can we pray this morning? Holy Spirit, we invite you right now. God, I thank you that your word is alive and it's active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. And I pray today that your word would sharpen us, it would encourage us, it would strengthen us, it would speak right into our situation. Can we pray this together? Say, Lord, speak to me, change me from the inside out to look more like you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Okay, I got to find out who I'm talking to this morning. Okay, by a show of hands... How many of you have ever been stung before by a bee, wasp, hornet, etc.? Okay, most of us. Great. I'm so sorry that happened to you. Put your hands down. Okay, by a show of hands, how many of you have never been stung to this day? Okay, more people than I thought. Wow. Okay, I am proud to admit I have never been stung to this day. Okay, God is faithful, isn't he? I mean, those of us who haven't been stung. It's like, wow, God is so good. The reason why we haven't been stung is because we run away from things that sting. You know, a bee, a wasp comes and we are out of there. Where did Madison go? I don't know. She, she's gone because we run away. A lot of people give me a hard time. They're like, you don't, you don't got to run away. Stop freaking out. It's more afraid of you than you are of it. And all I can think is, that's what people who get stung say. That's why I've never gotten stung. There was one time I was very close to getting stung. And this was when I took a family trip when I was younger to Canada. Love Canada. Loved this trip. We saw the Northern Lights. Highly recommend. We went to the American Girls All Store. I love Canada. But here's the thing about Canada, okay? They warned us about their yellow jackets, Okay. Their yellow jackets are like our wasps, except yellow and way more aggressive. So they warned us about this. We're like, okay, me and my siblings, we are outside playing in the field, beautiful weather, having a great time, okay, running around, probably playing tag. And then all of a sudden I hear this buzz, buzz. And it was like that, that kind of buzzing, like that demonic buzzing that causes your hair to stand up all over your body. Like, you know what I'm talking about. And so I bolted out of there. I was like, I'm gone. I'm running away. It left. A moment later, I heard the bzzz again. So I run away. I'm running away. And then, and then a few minutes later, it keeps coming. And it's like more coming. It's like bzzz, 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 bzzz. And so I freak out. I realize I'm under attack. 
I run to my mom, and I'm like, Mom, I'm being attacked. I'm being attacked. They're, they're attacking me. She says, okay, calm down. Take a deep breath. Turn around. She proceeds to pull four yellow jackets out of my hair. Oh, yeah. They were tangled in my hair. That was the day I got stung. I got attacked by yellow jackets. I was attacked. Attack means to take aggressive action against. Take aggressive action against. I have a question for you this morning. Have you ever felt like your mind was under attack? You ever felt like your thoughts were under attack? Like there's an abnormal amount of dark and painful and destructive thoughts that are swarming your mind and you can't seem to get away from it. Have you ever felt like you were under attack? I want to talk this morning to someone who feels like you, your mind is under attack. Your mind is under attack. That no matter how hard you try and no matter what you do and no matter how much you pray and no matter how much positive affirmations you speak, you can't seem to get away from the thoughts that are overwhelming your mind. That literally you can't sleep at night because as soon as the busyness stops and as soon as everyone goes away and as soon as as it's quiet, you're faced with the overwhelming thoughts that plague your mind. Your mind is always loud, always noisy, always blaring. It's like static constantly. Your mind is always going. Have you ever been overwhelmed with thoughts of fear, worry, dread? Regret, embarrassment, lust, insecurity, thoughts of guilt, thoughts of shame. This is a big one. Memories. Memories from trauma or mistakes or tragedy. Things that you saw, things that happened in your life that are now burnt in your brain. And it plays in your mind like a movie and you can't get it to stop. What do you do? When your mind is under attack. See, there's something that we need to understand about the enemy. It is that he is after your mind. The enemy is after your mind. Mind games is not just about fighting our sin nature. It's also understanding that there is an attack, an onslaught on our minds. The enemy wants nothing else but your mind. He's not after your finances. He's not after your health. He's not after your relationships. He's after one thing, and it is your mind. Anyone who knows me knows I love movies. I'm a huge movie person. I could literally spend the entire day doing nothing else but watching movies. God speaks to me through movies all the time, especially kids' movies, because I have a a one-and-a-half-year-old, okay? So anyone seen the movie Incredibles? Seen The Incredibles? Okay, you'll know what I'm talking about. Okay, so there's Mr. Incredible, who's Bob, right? He goes on his first mission, and he encounters an Omnidroid, which is the big metal machines with tentacles. And he's trying to destroy this Omnidroid. And he's throwing things at it. He's throwing it against things. He throws a tree at it. He throws it in lava. And nothing he does to this thing is working. Not even a dent. So he has to get creative. And he gets up 
inside of this thing, right? You remember this? He starts pushing buttons, messing with wires, messing with its control center, and he gets this Omnidroid to start attacking itself. And he ends up taking this thing down by getting it to attack itself. And at the end of the movie, he says this line, the only thing strong enough to take it down is itself. The enemy knows this about you, that no matter what he throws at you, no matter what he puts you through, no matter what storm he throws at you, battle that he throws at you, nothing can take you out other than yourself. This is why he attacks your mind. This is why he tries to get up into your control center, messing with buttons and wires, trying to get you offended and unforgiving and insecure, trying to get you to doubt God. He's trying to mess with your your mind. He's after your, your mind. All over the Bible, we see the enemy attacking the mind. We see it in Genesis with Eve. The enemy couldn't force Eve to eat the fruit. So what did he do? He attacked her mind. He said, did God really say? You surely won't die. He's deceiving her. He's trying to get into her head. We see this with Jesus when he's in the wilderness. The enemy couldn't kill Jesus. He couldn't take his life. So he tried to get in his head. And he said, if you are the son of God, if you are, he's trying to deceive. He goes after the mind. First Peter 5 verse 8 says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Everyone talks about how the devil is like a lion looking for someone to devour, but no one talks about be alert and of sober mind. Why would Peter talk about the attack of the enemy and tell us to have a sober mind in the same verse? Because he knows that the way the enemy devours is through the mind. The enemy's after the mind. And in Mark chapter 5, the enemy went after this man's mind. This man was demon-possessed. Now, to be clear, we are not talking about demonic possession today. Some of you are relieved about that. Some of you are bummed about that. <laughs> what we are talking about is the enemy's attack on our minds. Because the enemy went after this man's mind. How do I know that? Because when Jesus set this man free, it says that he was found in his right mind. So the enemy went after his right mind. The enemy wants you in anything other than your right mind. He wants you in a confused mind. He wants you in an anxious mind. He wants you in an unforgiving mind. He wants you in a worried mind, an unstable mind, anything other than your right mind. So what do we have to do? We have to learn to protect, protect our minds. We have the authority and the ability to protect our minds. We protect what we value. You know what I value? I value my clothes. Always value my clothes since I could remember. And when I was a teenager, I literally installed a lock on my closet door so my sister would stop stealing my clothes. We protect what we value. You know what I value to this day? Is my tallit that I got when I was ordained. It's a prayer shawl. It's my most prized possession. I'm convinced it's holy. It's like the Ark of the Covenant. You touch it, you're dead. It's holy. No one touches it. No one touches it. When we were moving, I was so worried about it. I'm like, no one can touch this thing. 
can't get lost, can't get damaged, so I bought its own box just for that. <laughs> we protect what we value. Oftentimes we protect our material possessions more than we protect the most powerful, vulnerable, and important thing about us, which is our minds. So we're going to learn today, how do I protect my mind? And what do I do when my mind is under attack? This man is going to show us. The first thing we see in the scripture in verse 2, Jesus shows up. He gets out of the boat. And it says, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. So this man lived in the tombs. He lived in a dark, isolated, secluded place. And when Jesus showed up, he came out of hiding. He came into an exposed place or a known place. When you feel like your mind is under attack, the first thing you have to do is make it known. Make it known. This is identifying the attack, being aware of the attack, recognizing a thought pattern that is not from God. We've been talking about Caroline Leaf a lot in this series. She is a neuroscientist, and she teaches about mind management. And she says this, that awareness is the first and most crucial step to changing your brain. Aware, being aware of my thoughts, being aware of my mindsets, being aware of my thinking, becoming aware is the first step to actually changing your brain. She talks about how thoughts are, um, take up real, literal real estate in our minds. They look like trees in our minds. And she says that whenever you have a mindset, they're, they're set. But as soon as you become aware of it, the literal structure of that thought changes and it becomes malleable and changeable. So being aware of a thought is the first step to changing it. So when you identify a thought pattern that is a struggle for you, a mind battle that is a struggle for you, you should not feel shame. You should not feel condemnation. You should not feel like, I can't believe I'm thinking this thought. Something must be wrong with me. I, I must be worse than everybody else. No, you should not feel shame. You should have a celebration because being aware of it is the first step to changing it. Make it known. Our bodies are so fascinating. Our immune systems are designed to keep our bodies healthy. And they do that by identifying a virus that does not belong. They will recognize a virus and say, that doesn't belong. And as soon as they make it known, they will fight it. And that's how your body stays healthy. If we are going to keep our minds healthy, we have to be quick to identify a thought that does not belong. We have to be quick to be aware, wait, that's not a thought I should be thinking, and, and identify it. And this passage shows us three types of thoughts that do not belong in our minds. Number one, isolating thoughts. Isolating thoughts. This man lived in the tombs. So when the enemy got control of his mind, he wanted him isolated. He wanted him secluded. He wanted him living in darkness, living away from anybody else. Any thought that tries to get you isolated or away from people is a thought that doesn't belong in your mind. 
That verse that we read earlier says that the devil is like a lion looking for someone to devour. And last time I checked, lions attack prey that are alone. So any thought that tries to get you alone is a thought that doesn't belong. These thoughts sound like, I can't trust anyone. No one cares about me. I can't tell anyone about this. Those are isolating thoughts that we have to be quick to identify. Secondly, uncontrollable thoughts. Uncontrollable thoughts. This man was out of control. He was uncontrollable. They actually tried to bind him with chains and iron on his feet. And he broke free of it. Nothing could bind this guy. Nothing could control this guy. It says in verse 4, no one was strong enough to subdue him. These are thoughts that are out of control in your mind. And they lead to actions that are out of control. You ever said things like this? I can't help myself. I just have no control. There's nothing I can do about it. That is a sign that there is somewhere in your mind that's under attack. One of the fruits of the spirit is self-control. God wants us to live with self-control. So if I'm struggling in any area of my mind or my actions that are out of control, i got to be quick to identify it. And thirdly, harmful thoughts. Harmful thoughts. It says that he was... He lived in the tombs and he would cry out and cut himself with stones. He was harming himself. These are thoughts that harm you or others. These are harmful thoughts that do not belong in the mind of a believer. These could look like thoughts of self-harm, thoughts of suicide, thoughts of body dysmorphia, thoughts of lust, thoughts of worry, thoughts of hopelessness or defeat, even jealousy or judgment. Having a judgmental mind is hurting someone else, and it does not belong in the, in the mind of a believer. We have to be quick to identify these thoughts. Quick to say, wait, that doesn't belong, and make it known. Caroline Leaf says, you don't just become aware of it in your mind, but you need to express it. She teaches people to either write it down or vocalize it. If you really want to make a thought known, you really want to expose a thought, then you need to write it down or vocalize it to someone you trust. And I encourage you today, if you recognize some area of a mental battle or struggle, some area of an attack on your mind, talk to someone you trust. Talk to a pastor. Talk to a loved one and expose it. It's not something that you should feel shame for. This is the first step to victory. So he came out of hiding came out of darkness into the light. He became known. And the next thing that happens is that when he, verse 6 says, when he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He then bowed. If you feel like your mind is under attack, first thing, make it known. Second thing, make it bow. Make it bow. Bowing is an act of submission. This is making my thoughts submit to God. And I believe that this is where most of us get caught up. This is where most of us struggle. I would say most of us are aware of mental patterns or thought pat- battles or thought patterns that we should not have. But where we get stuck is how do I make it bow? How do I get control of it? How do I get free from it? That's where we get stuck. And I believe this man really teaches us how to make our thoughts bow. 
Because on his own, in his own strength, his own might, his own natural ability, he could not get control of himself. Other people tried as well. They tried to chain him up. Everyone was trying to control this guy and subdue him, and nothing was working. But the second he got a glance of Jesus from a distance, he immediately bowed. Can you see that? He's out of control in his own strength. And then the second he sees Jesus, he's controlled. He's submitted. Making your thoughts bow is not about making them bow in your own strength, your own might, your own power. It's about locking eyes with Jesus, looking to him, and bringing God into your situation. And as soon as God shows up, those thoughts will bow. Those thoughts stand no chance against the presence of God. I remember uh, when I had recently given my life to the Lord when I was a teenager. I, after I'd given my life to the Lord, I went through a season of having night terrors. And it was about six months of crippling fear, panic, worry, dread when I was sleeping at night. I actually couldn't sleep because I was afraid. Um, I remember being in my room and feeling a tangible darkness, a tangible fear. I was frozen with fear. I would see things, hear things. I was paralyzed with fear. It, it got to the point where I would not sleep in my room. I wouldn't sleep in my room because of these night terrors. About six months. And uh, I remember going to a movement conference, which we still have to this day. It's our youth conference. This was back in the day. And one of our favorites, Pastor Benny Perez, was preaching this night, who's still like family to us. Um, but Pastor Benny's very in tune to the supernatural. I remember him uh, preaching about the supernatural. And he, he was actually making uh, jokes and laughing about how, how much Hollywood makes the enemy look so powerful. And, and so big and so strong. And, and they emphasize how powerful the enemy is in movies like Paranormal Activity. And the, extra, the enemy is just so powerful. Nothing can subdue him. He's making jokes about it. Has the whole place cracking up, roaring in laughter. He's saying things like, you put me in that movie, I'll cast that devil out so fast, it'll last two minutes and the credits will start rolling. <laughs> Everyone's dying laughing. It's hilarious. I would probably be dying laughing today. In the moment, I was not laughing. I remember sitting in my seat thinking, you have no idea what I go home to at night. You have no idea what I feel and what I struggle with. For the past six months, I haven't been able to sleep in my room. How could you, how could you laugh about this? This is what I'm thinking. He's preaching. All of a sudden, he stops. He literally turns over here right to where I was sitting. And he said, there's someone sitting right here points to me. It, it, it had a balcony. It was two-story auditorium, hundreds of people. He said, there's someone sitting right here who wakes up at the same time every night, feels a tangible darkness in your room. You're paralyzed in fear. He said, I'm here to tell you that God is more powerful than that, and it ends tonight. Yeah. And then he kept on preaching. I'm like, how do you just drop a bomb like that? I crumble in my seat. I, I'm in a puddle of tears. And, you know, that attack did end. I never felt it again after that night. Looking back, you know what I think it was? The breakthrough was not because of an anointed man of God prayed for me. It was that my focus shifted 
from how powerful the enemy is to how powerful God is. I locked eyes with him. I'm no longer staring at, oh my gosh, I can't sleep, it's so dark and things are flying in my room and look at him. I'm now like, how much does God love me? How powerful is he that he would speak to someone straight to my situation? And it ended, it bowed. That attack bowed as I locked eyes with him. Those thoughts will bow as you focus on him. When you feel that attack overwhelming your mind, you look to him. And you focus on him and you make much of him. And you turn on worship music and you open up your Bible and you begin to pray and you look at him. And I'm telling you, that those thoughts will bow. They don't stand a chance against the presence of God. Make those thoughts bow by turning your focus to God. So he bowed at the feet of Jesus. And the next thing that we see is that Jesus says to him, come out of this man, you impure spirit. I love Jesus. He just commands it. He just speaks. How many times do we complain about our struggle? And we're just struggling the same thing for years. And Jesus says, come out of this man. All the guys around are probably like, we tried chains. And you just say, come out. It's that easy. He commanded it to go, and it had no choice but to obey. When you feel like your mind is under attack, make it known, make it bow, and lastly, make it go. Make it go. It's got to go. It's time that thing goes. Everyone say, it's got to go. It's got to go. It's time. It is time that thing goes. Have you ever had guests overstay their welcome at your house? It's got to, you've got to go. At first you're hosting, entertaining, you're feeding, you're entertaining. And this is what we do with our thoughts. We feed them. We entertain them. We're hosting. But they stay, they overstay their welcome. And then eventually you're not contributing to the conversation anymore because it's not fun anymore. At some point it's not fun to be tormented by your thoughts. At some point, it's not fun. It's, we, wear, we wear struggles sometimes as a badge of honor. You go through it long enough, it's not fun anymore. People overstay their welcome at your house. You're not feeding them anymore. You're not contributing to the conversation. You hope they take a hint. They don't. Especially if it's family. They'll stay for two weeks. And then eventually, it gets so much time passes that you're just like, love you. Love you, it's been fun, it's time to go. It comes to that point where you just have to stop being so polite and just say, hey, I got a baby to put to bed. You know, I got a lot to do. Love you, it's time to go. Listen, the enemy has overstayed his welcome in your mind. The enemy has overstayed his welcome in your mind. And today is your day to say, you gotta go. It's time to go. You took too much from me. You took too many years from me. It's time to go. I got too much to do. I got a kingdom of God to advance. I got a church to build. I got a family to raise. I got a marriage to cultivate. Everyone say, you gotta go. You gotta tell it to go. You gotta go. What's amazing about God is that he has given us authority over our minds. He's given us authority. And it's a lie from the enemy that you don't have any control over what happens up here. 
No, God's given you authority. I'll prove it to you. Luke chapter 10, verse 19 says, I have given you authority. Jesus' words himself, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all of the power of the enemy that nothing will harm you. 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says that we demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive and you, do you see it? Make it. Make it obedient. You make it bow. You make it go. Not try to. Not do your best. Not ask. You make it go. Make it. You have got to go. You have authority. This reminds me of my cat because he's basically demon-possessed. And he always comes into my office, and you know, my, my talit is in there. You don't, no, 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 no. He goes in my office. I'm like, Junior, go. Junior, go. Junior, got it. And he doesn't. He's running away. And eventually, I'm like, Marshall. And Marshall says, Junior. He only says one word, Junior. And he bolts out. And you know what Marshall always tells me? You're too polite. You're too polite with him. We've gotten too polite with the enemy. We've gotten too polite with the attack on our minds. We've gotten too polite with those, with those thoughts that he plants in our minds. And today it's time to say, you got to go. Today's your day to get freedom in your mind. Today's your day to make those thoughts known. Be aware of it. Lock eyes with God. Bring him into it. And then you have the authority to make it go. Make it go. So Jesus sets him free. And it says in verse 15, when they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the, by the legion of demons sitting there dressed and in his right mind. This word right mind in the original language is the word sophroneo, which means to be of sound mind. To be of sound mind. So when he was found in his right mind, he was in a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1.7 says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And I believe today that God wants to give you a sound mind. If you feel like your mind has been under attack, you feel like your mind has been overwhelmed with thoughts, and everything you've tried, nothing you do can get away from it, and you've been tormented, afflicted in your mind with these overwhelming, raging thoughts, today God wants to give you a sound mind. A quiet, peaceful, right mind.